I'm curious what comes to mind when you think about the word saint. Think about it for a second. What, what images pop into your head? You know, I, I'll be honest. I, I think of the like uber devout, right? I think of, of little porcelain statues, right? I have one in my office of St. Francis. He's missing his shepherd's crook, so he holds my incense. And it, it. When I think about saint, you know, with like a, a capital S, I think about those that have been canonized by a pope. You know, there's like a there's like an intense litmus test to make sure that you're really the type of saint that the church is looking for. Got to have got to have done a, a verified miracle. So I think about this ever growing, albeit slowly, list of saints that the church has. And often because of that, I feel a bit of a dissonance between that community and this community. Sorry, it's true. Or at the very least, between that community and my own life. Like, I love animals, but I am by no means praying to them like St. Francis. Often, I think the way that we talk about saints, both religiously and culturally, makes it seem just otherworldly, right? Lofty, perfect, polished. Think about it. You would think I was being really passive if I was like, well, you're just a saint, aren't you? I had a really interesting experience this week as I was kind of reflecting on some of the messages I've shared over the last 10 years of my life on All Saints Day. And I've usually um, tried to bring it down to earth a little bit. And I specifically remembered one All Saints message uh, from uh, several years ago when I quoted uh, an important person in my life, Thomas Merton, uh, many, a person who a lot of people think should be a saint. And Thomas Merton, who was a Catholic monk, once said that to be a saint means to be yourself. And I thought, that's just really, that's achievable. Like, I can do that. I can be myself. And so I gave this sermon about like, you know, all of us are saints, don't, don't bother, like, don't worry about it. Like, just, just stop trying to change and be different. Just, like, be, be cool. Like, it's okay. I think I might be wrong. I think to be a saint is in some way to be different. To, to, to stand out. To have taken a risk. I had another interesting experience this week in researching where I was listening to um, a, a, a theologian that I respect highly. And I called their bluff on something. And I'm not going to tell you who it was because I know a lot of you like read this person. And it's okay. I make mistakes too. But they're, t- they're giving this like moving sermon about All Saints Day. And I was like, ooh, this is good stuff. Like I'm going to use this on Sunday. And they said, you know, the root of the word saint uh, is uh, Sanos or san, you know, it's where you get the word saint in, in Spanish, like uh, santo. And 
where it comes from is this Latin word for to be wounded. And I was like, oh, this is good. (laughs) To be a saint is to be wounded? And then he was like, and anyone who is wounded is, you know, to be, has also been healed. And so this story is this idea that saints are people who have been wounded and have been healed. And I'm like, this is, this is good. And I looked it up and it's just not true in the least bit. And I was so disappointed. And in that process, I was surprised because what I realized is that the Greek word that's used for saint. The word saint shows up often in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul uses it constantly in his writings. You can go to the beginning of most of the letters that Paul writes to churches, and he begins by saying, to the saints in the church in Ephesus, to the saints in the church in Rome, to the saints in the church in Corinth. I was surprised to see that the word for saints is in Greek this word hagios, which I'm familiar with because it is the word holy. And it's the same word that's used as a title for God. So there's about an even split in the New Testament where one word is both used to describe how God is holy. Or that word, when you break it down, means to be set apart or most simply Different. This shows up in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that when people were talking about this God, the most basic point that they were trying to communicate was that Yahweh, this God, is holy, but what they were saying when they used the word hagios was that this God is different. That the sanctuary of this God is different. That the spirit of this God is different. Again, so when the New Testament is using that word Holy Spirit, the first people hearing it would have heard different spirit. Different from the spirits of like other religions that are trying to break you down, trying to get you to pay more money, trying to make you feel more ashamed, trying to get you to practice other things that are wounding others. And the message coming up out of this early church was that this is a different spirit. And I was just, awestruck this week that with no other distinction it is so easily used to describe the people that made up this early church that they were also hagios that they were also the different ones i find it compelling that the early followers of jesus we're not young seminarians. We're not people who had like passed the equivalent of like the bar to be followers of Jesus. They were not like high school graduates, college graduates, like young people, just like full of optimism. Like, let's, let's follow Jesus. They were people who were established in their careers. They were doctors, teachers. Fishermen who who couldn't miss a day of work, otherwise your family would suffer because of the lost wages. They were tax collectors. There's a lot of traditions that suggest that Zacchaeus, in this story, Zacchaeus is also Matthew, the writer of one of the Gospels. We know that Matthew is a tax collector. We're told that Zacchaeus was a tax collector in the city of Jericho, which its biggest import-export was balsam. 
And we're told that Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, which meant he got to skim a little bit of money off of the top of everything that went in and out. Zacchaeus was a wealthy dude. I find it compelling that the followers of Jesus, the early followers of Jesus, were those who chose intentionally to do something different. They weren't already in the movement of things. They weren't young and had just a bunch of time to fill. They had to actually leave something. They had to risk something. They had to make a decision that others would probably look at and be like, what are you doing? They would have most certainly been seen by friends and family, co-workers, as being different ones. And it's those people that the Bible tells us are saints. This, of course, is interesting because the basis for being a part of the community of saints is that we are different ones. We are people willing to step out, willing to leave things behind, willing to experience change. And you may know this as well as I do, that within a local church like this church, the greatest threat to everything is change. What is the thing we're most afraid of? Oh, that it won't be like it was. Most churches struggle and die because they're unable to change. And yet at the heart of our identity is that we've been called to be different, to be people that are weird, (laughs) to be people who Others would look at your operations and your structure and your business and your leadership and say like, but that's not sustainable. We've been called to risk, to be courageous. That is what it means for us to be a saint. I I truly think this is why I like that story of Zacchaeus. The community of people, the religious, don't like Zacchaeus. They see him as a, as a wealthy man. They see him as a traitor. He's Jewish, and he's collecting taxes for the Roman government. And they're offended that he would betray them in such a way. But Zacchaeus tells Jesus, look, I, I give so much of what I have to try to help the poor. I give my time and my energy. I am a part of this mission that you're talking about. Elsewhere, Jesus tells the story of a rich young ruler who wants to follow Jesus. And he says, if you want to be a follower, you, you have to give away what you own. And the guy says, like, that's way too complicated. I can't do that. I don't, I don't, that's not what people do. I don't want to be different like that. And here's Zacchaeus, who does make a good amount of money, who does have a good savings account who does have a really wealthy retirement ahead of him. And Zacchaeus is saying, like, I know it might not be cost-effective for me to be giving all of my money away, but that's what I'm doing. And I know that other people don't see that, but it's truly where my heart is. The name Zacchaeus, by the way, in Greek means pure-hearted. The other people around him have already made up their mind about who Zacchaeus is. They assume that they can see his intentions, 
But Zacchaeus, who's climbing to the top of a tree just so he can see Jesus, is pure of heart. He, he's truly a saint. He's, he's a different person. He's doing things differently. You know, at the basis of All Saints Day, this day, as we talked about in our centering prayer, is that our lives have been changed because someone made a difference. Right? That's why we remember these people. That's why we write down their names and remember them, because to us, they were different. Do you know what I mean? They weren't just your pew mate, your neighbor. They weren't just a distant person. They were your your partner, your, your friend, your, your parent, to you. They were set apart. There's a role that they hold in your life that no one else does. Friends, in the Bible, that's the word holy. That's the word saint. That is someone who has been so unique and different to you that they've impacted who you are. I mean... Truly think about your development as a person and think about the people who have impacted you, who have helped you to accomplish what you've wanted to accomplish, who have maybe kept you strong when you felt weak or who maybe have played a role in bringing you to this place in your life. Maybe they invited you to this church. I, um, I, always, I, I always think about this story... Um, that I hear from people when they talk about, I'm, I didn't tell you about this, Mark, but when, when Mark and Lisa Richardson first started coming to this church, they were like the young adults, right? And now I look around and we have these like other young adults that are having babies and I feel the circle moving around and around. And I like, I've experienced this in my own life and I'm sure that you and many others can think back to like when you first started coming to this church or another church and like there were those people who were in their 70s or 80s that like made you feel known and cared for and welcomed. And around goes the circle. There were people who have uniquely impacted your life they were different. They were a part of this community of saints. And as the circle goes around, you are now called to be a saint again. To be a saint for someone in this room, for someone not in this room. You are being called to take a step out and risk something, to be different, to welcome change so that someone else's life can be impacted. Because of you, St. Ted, St. Lynn, St. Mark, St. Peggy, holy one, different one. The fact that to another person in this community or not yet a part of this community, you are not an unknown face. You're Dave. You're Kathy. You're Sherry. To them, you were different you impacted them you know things things are changing and about to change more in our church i mean the greater united methodist church and i mean our direct immediate local church 
as a local church, our leadership council has been tirelessly over, over, over two years now trying to figure out what a vision of being faithful to God's mission looks like now. What, what bold and courageous steps we need to take to be faithful to what God has called us to do. And that is going to mean that things change. Our, our physical worship space, this space, is going to change. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. How we, how we have services is going to change. The things we focus on, the activities that we have, the type of people that we welcome, that then changes what our community looks like, that is all living and active right now. And so, on this day, which is not just our saints' day, but all saints' day, I want to invite you to consider how you might still become the saint that you're called to be. The saint that that someone needs you to be. The person that was different, who even in this season of life, where even after maybe you were well-established or you had retired or you thought that things had quieted down, Jesus didn't call the people out of places of activity, but called the people who no one thought were going to change. I'm curious how you might become one of those saints today. I want to close with a poem that I'm going to share with you. Um, You know, All Saints, All Saints Day actually has its, its roots and its tradition in the Celtic people of, of Ireland and Scotland. Um, You know, a a 5,000 year old holiday for them on November 1st, which is where we get the date for All Saints Day. Was this, this holiday where they believed that on that day, the two worlds of our, of our physical world and then the, the, the invisible world, they merged. That on that day, you could, you could kind of connect with the stories and the meanings of your ancestors, of even yourself. That you could kind of retrace your childhood. You could, you could kind of remember what it was like as a baby in the arms of your mother. Uh, This is a a poem by a a local poet, David White. And it's called Coleman's Bed. Coleman is the name of a saint. And bed in Irish is, you know, very literally where someone slept or more appropriately where someone was from, where they lived. And Coleman's Bed is out on the western coast of Ireland in County Clare, where there's these limestone kind of rocks that just kind of take over the whole landscape and they form all of these rough, ragged, jarred places that are both simultaneously unwelcoming and then comforting at the same time. That it's hard to walk on and yet you find these unique species of plants that grow nowhere else in the world other than right there. It's just a perfect home for them. Coleman's bed is kind of detailing this unique landscape where you're so close to the, 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 the Galway Bay to this kind of dropping off of a cliff to this looking out at a distance where you really can see nothing but the horizon. And then a place where someone is calling it a home where there's both animals and plants that feel at home here 
And yet you're so close to an unknown, to a dropping off, to something that's different. There's also a, a saint that is referenced in the beginning of the poem, St. Kevin, who was a, a contemporary of Coleman. Kevin is from a place called Glendalock in Ireland, a place I've been to many times. And there's a, there's a beautiful story about Kevin that when he was praying, and Kevin was kind of like the Irish um, um, St. Francis, you know, he, he would like lose his little book of prayer and a deer would like bring it back for him, you know. Um, the Irish saints would pray with their hands out like this, believing that they could receive the world and the spirit and God and the universe, that, that maybe the posture of this made you physically more open, that whatever interior shape you had, meaning whatever inside you really wanted to be through the hands open could become a reality. The story is that St. Kevin was praying with his hands open and a little blackbird landed on his palm. It was like, this is a, a great place to nest. And Kevin, being the St. Francis that he was, continued to pray. And then the, the bird built a little nest there and then laid a little egg there. And then the little chick had to grow up. And all the while, Kevin continued palms open to, to pray. Being open to this sort of like back and forth between where Kevin wants to pray himself to be and then what is literally happening right in, his, in the palm of his hand. Make a nesting now. Make a nesting now, a place to which the birds can come. Think of Kevin's prayerful palm holding the blackbird's egg. And be the one looking out from this place who can warm interior forms, interior dreams and hopes and desires into light, into reality. Make a nesting now, a place to which birds can come, where things can happen. Think of Kevin's prayerful palm holding the blackbird's egg and be the one looking out from this place, looking ahead from this place who warms interior forms, interior images and hopes and dreams into light. See with every turning day how each season makes or wants to make a child of you again. See with every turning day how each season wants to make a child of you again. Wants you to become a seeker of rain, of birdsong. Watch how it weathers you to a testing in the tried and true. Tells you with each falling leaf to leave and to slip away. To slip away even from the branch that held you, even, yes, even from the branch that held you. Be courageous. Be courageous. Go when you need to. Be courageous. Go when you need to. Be like the last word you'd want to say before you leave the world. Above all, above all, be alone with it all. 
Refuse to talk even to yourself. That is, refuse to tell yourself stories. That is, refuse to keep your mind busy. Be alone with it all. Refuse to talk even to yourself and stay in this place until the current of the story. Until the current of the story being told, until the current of the story unfolding. Stay in this place until the current of the story is strong enough to float you out. Ghost then where others in this place have come before. Under the hazel, by the ruined chapel, below the cave, the bed where Coleman slept, become the stream. Become the stream that makes the river flow. Become the source that makes the river flow and become the sea beyond the cliff. Live in this place as you were meant to. Live in this place as you were meant to. And then, surprised by your abilities, become the ancestor of it all. The quiet, robust, and blessed saint that your future will always remember.